people, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're no, not in no. a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit and no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. I ain't going with it. Go with child. Hey, fuck you, Palmer. I'm going with you. Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit. Cause the whole world gone crazy. Hey! Everybody, calm the fuck down. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends from the Holmes Movies Podcast team. My name is Anders Holmes and I'm joined by my brother, uh, brother, Adam, sorry, my brother, Adam, over Skype in America. That was a bad introduction. It's okay. I like the energy. Keep going. (laughs) Love. No. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that on every podcast (laughs) because that's not having you doing some weird Jane Fonda impression. (laughs) Okay, so how are you? How's how's things going? It's cold here, even though it's May, it, mid-May. It's unnaturally um, cold here as well. Like yesterday, I went out to take like some photos of the nice little sunset that was that was happening, and it was like January weather. It was very strange. Maybe it was all that weather that you guys, with the back end of all the weather that you guys are getting, because apparently you were go- you were getting a bit of a snowstorm around the east coast. Yeah, we didn't get any here, but it was it was not exactly what we'd ordered for the weekend. Yeah, I saw your I saw your Instagram post. You you post like a Russian bot. You use so many hashtags. I think sometimes you've dropped your phone into like a, <laughs> a, a, a into some kind of um, vortex. Um, Got to get them you, likes, I guess. Just write a nice caption. You don't need to use all the fucking hashtags. <laughs> well, okay, well, I guess that's how the professionals do it. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll I'll try to. I I, I do go a bit crazy on the hashtags. Yeah, you're a bit right about that. But yeah. Anyways. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's our recommendation for the day. Don't use too many hashtags, you cunt. No hashtags. Yeah. Um, don't be an internet womble. <laughs> don't be an internet womble. That sounds like... I don't know. I made up a... I was like, don't be a cock womble. Don't be an internet... I don't know. That sounds um, like a bad Imando Iannucci insult. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't great. I, it's, it's early, so I haven't... Um, I haven't really woken up yet, but... Um, uh okay so what who's what are we doing recommending stuff yeah so it's me recommending something so i'm just trying to think about what i could recommend i i had a bit i actually watched one of the recommendations that you that you talked about and that was akira kurosawa's ran oh that's such a good movie that oh my goodness is cinema in its purest form that is a damn good film you know when you go to a restaurant that has a ton of Michelin stars and is really famous. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> can't do that now. And this is obviously like not everyone can afford to go to these restaurants. But say you're lucky enough to go to a restaurant like that. And sometimes you just think, you know what, this is just a load of, 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 of you know, fancy stuff and overpriced nonsense and, um, you know, style over substance. Ran is the equivalent of a restaurant you go to where it's like, I will happily pay all the money in my bank account for this meal because it's spectacular and it deserves all the accolades it gets. Yeah. It's it's like, it is, for me, Ran is, as I think I've said this before, it is the definition of a five-star film. It is a perfect film. Yeah, I think he, 
I mean, he did like 30 movies and all of them have this very interesting quality to them that just there's an underlining theme that always kind of goes throughout. And that was something that someone asked him, like, how would you sum up your films? And I think he sort of he mentioned that the one of the, the underlining themes in his movies was why can't people just be happy and why can't yeah. people be happy with each other? And I think when and I watched I, I watched five of his movies over the weekend last weekend. Yeah, I had a bit of a Kurosawa binge. Um, it was it was quite cool. I think one of the films I'm definitely going to recommend is uh, the film that you mentioned on the RAN episode for me to watch, and that is uh, The Hidden Fortress, which um, is his film that was released in 1958 with uh, Toshira Mifune. And it basically is a... Um... Oh, uh, the um, set the template for the first Star Wars film. So, are you officially is that your official recommendation for this episode? That is my official recommendation for this episode. Yes, um, that, that is a good movie. I, I that is a really fun film. Yeah, The Hidden Fortress was um, a very pleasant film and very fun and humorous, and it's quite easy to see where the influence of that film lies in George Lucas's Star Wars, particularly with the two. Uh, the two main characters uh, who basically introduce uh, the film to us, and that is uh, Tahai and uh, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, and I'm, I apologize, Mata, uh, Matashi, Mata, Matashi Chi, and they're played by Minori Shiaki and Kamatori Fuji, Fujiwara, and they're basically the C3PO and the R2D2 of the um, of this film, and. <laughs> They are sort of the, you know, he, they, they, we see the film through their eyes, the sort of lower class people who basically anytime, you know, money or gold comes their way, they try to just use that and fend for themselves and basically just say, screw you guys, we're going to take this money and go and then get roped into basically transporting uh, Princess Yuki uh, and uh, Toshiro Mifune's character, Mifune's character to uh, the safety of uh of you know the safety of where they need to go where they don't get you know killed by you know rival samurai uh, warriors and things like that but um you've seen this film before haven't you yeah just the once though right it's a great um it's just it's this sort of it's a classic adventure boot uh classic adventure movie it is so totally fun and uh captivating and it has i mean toshiro Mifune is the he's the great you know, heartbeat of so many Kurosawa films. Um, and he's just, he's never been better uh, than in this one. Yeah, they did a lot of movies together. He was like, he was like, the he was like, you know, his Robert De Niro to Akira, Akira Kurosawa's Martin Scorsese. And he, he is just, yeah. he has like this really tremendous presence and you and it follow and it can't, you know, you it, you see, you can see it in Yojimbo, you can see it in Sanjuro and all the other films they did, even in Seven Samurai, which came out of four years ago before, um, before uh, the Hidden Fortress, and I mean, I mean, I, th- I mean, Seven Samurai is another great classic, and but that felt a little bit more serious and somber, while this one is a little bit more lighthearted and accessible. But I mean, a lot of Kurosawa's films are very accessible because, you know, I think that's how West. I think that's re- the reason why Western audiences have become so enamored by it and are huge fans of it because it's because of the accessibility and you know you could sort of you know kurosawa takes a lot from john ford and you know and then (laughs) and um 
and then John, when they met each other, like John Ford said, like you like weather a lot in your movies, and Kurosawa was really happy that he, you know, he he had seen his films and even dressed like John Ford while he was like on on movie sets. That's so cool. I didn't know that. I think like he was a huge huge fan of his, and it was the first time. I mean, the cinematography is great. Like it's really really beautiful, and it was the first time he had shot on um on widescreen cinematography and it's great and it just you know the locations are so cool and it just like i think they were filming just at the bottom of like mount fuji i think oh really yeah like it, where the where the fortress is and stuff it does remind me a little bit of tatooine where r2d2's you know going around and then the jawas show up it does remind me a little bit of that i don't know if that's like an obvious reference like that was an obvious reference from george lucas in the first star wars movie i mean there's when you watch this film you you just you there, there are a ton of uh, obvious references to star wars or obvious star, references in star wars to this and influences i think the idea of a for you know a hidden base in the desert is not like exclusive to um kurosawa or anything but it's pretty clear that in the first Star Wars film, this is a major touchstone. I mean, you look at how Obi-Wan Kenobi is dressed. You look at the um, the narrative about, you know, teachers and students and these so-called knights and, you know, an imperiled princess, the bickering droids, as you mentioned, you know, like, it's it's not... It, like, there are, there are a number of really striking similarities. And that's not to say that Lucas is just, you know, being a copycat. It's a loving sort of um appropriation i guess is the best way of putting it um so but but i think you know that i think anytime you see a, a if, if there's a similarity between star wars and this movie it's probably not an accident yeah i think the 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 two uh the two peasants uh to high and uh meta meta shishi i'm sorry I'm, I'm if i'm saying the names if i'm pronouncing the names wrong but they are they i mean i know Toshiro mofun and um uh, Misa Uhiarap, who plays Princess Yuki, I know they're they're very good in the film as well. But I think the stars of the movie are um, Minoru, Minoru Shiaki and Kamatari Fujiwara. They are they're basically the stars of the film, and I love just their bickering and, and just like I don't know. There's a there's a scene towards the end of the movie where they just like oh we should just be friends and everything like that, and then they find all this gold and then they start bickering again. I just I laughed my head off because it just it was just so. I I think it's sort of like a nice little dig that Kurosawa does it you know it shows humanity a suit we can't we can sort of be we can't be generous to one another when like money and greed and power kind of comes in the middle and it sort of tears us apart a little bit you know it's what I was saying before with like why can't we just be happy with each other and why can't we be happy I think that's I think that very much that theme is very much present in in the hidden fortress yeah and I um I also really like the character of the the other warlord who switches sides at the end. Um, yeah. He's great too. Um, I can't remember his name now, but that's that's a really fun bit. Sorry, actually, that's a bit of a spoiler. Um, <laughs> Whoops. But um, you know, like uh, let's let's not reveal who it is, eh? Um, yeah. And um, but yeah, I think I think for I think for most people, right? Um, Seven Samurai is the canonical, um, basically the canonical Japanese movie, let alone the canonical kurosawa film and then after that i guess it would be rashomon um rashomon hmm? came out in 1950 right but i'm just talking about what's sort of best known outside of um you know diehard kurosawa fans or whatever yeah and i think that that seven samurai and rashomon are probably the top two but 
Um, you know, Ran and Hidden Fortress are. I haven't seen Seven Samurai, but but those, those are my two favourites. Um, mm. So I, I would uh, strongly urge people to see it, and it's it's easy to see. I think you can find it on loads of streaming platforms. Uh, the yeah. Hidden Fortress. I know it's on the Criterion Channel here. You'd be able to get it on D. You'd be able to see it anywhere because um, it has such. It is very sort of enshrined in uh, yeah in cinema history. The BFI have like a lot of Kurosawa's movies on DVD. You can get it in like. I think it's part of like a classic Akira Kurosawa classic collection or samurai collection or one of those things. So you can so you can easily get a hold of it there. And also, I mean, I, I quite I mean, also I, I saw them as well, but I loved um, Yojimbo, which is basically Fistful of Dollars, and then Senjuro, the se- this sort of semi sequel, where Toshiro Mifu- Mifune's character shows up. Uh, those I would definitely recommend as well. And I think I, I, I like how George Lucas. You know, he, 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 you know, the, the obvious influences of the Hidden Fortress are in Star Wars, but also I love the fact how he, he really, him and Francis Ford Coppola, they got one of his films uh, made when uh, financial uh, aspects fell through. And that was uh, Cage Boucher, The Shadow Warrior, the 1980 film, which was basically regarded as his warm up to Ran. So, you know, they were able to get that film made and get it out there and distributed in Western. Uh, audiences and I think it went to Cannes and I think it was it won the Palme d'Or oh so that's uh, that's pretty good and it was also nominated for best look foreign language film and and things like that I mean I would say Ran is better but um but that's not saying that Cage Moucher is is not is it's not a lesser film in any in any stretch of the imagination it's it's a very there's some beautiful moments and there's a lot of nice little scenes and stuff and they used a lot of extras for one battle sequence i think they used like five thousand extras i love that the 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 amount of when you know when you get into those i mean there's something very intimate about yeah um, moments in hidden fortress for example where it's just like a couple of characters but then you do get these battle scenes that are just enormous and um and it's great that he can sort of pivot between the two. And I think he does that brilliantly in Ran as well. You know, you have these scenes between one or, you know, a couple of individuals. And um, and then in um, and then in other moments, you have these, like, epic, you know, Armageddon battles between thousands and thousands of people. And um, it's, just, uh, it's stunning stuff, as you say. It's like pure cinema. It's a fucking roller coaster ride. Yeah, you really get transported it's very immersive. You feel like you get transported to that period in time. And, and I mean, I, I know nothing about Japanese history or anything like that, but it makes me watching the films and just seeing the, the time and when it was, you know, that it's set, it makes me want to read a bit more about what was going on in the, in the periods that the films are set. In. Oh, definitely. The, the, the love for history and the love for deep, the period detail and the, you know, just in and the, the way that the uh, makeup is done on, especially in the female characters, and, and he's so wonderfully evocative yeah. of it. Something again, like you, I have no real frame of reference for. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very captivating. I think that's just the that's the word for it. Yeah, and also just like even if even though it's like a really fun, like fast paced film, there's still like a nice little bit of clump. Uh, complexities with the characters they feel they feel very multi multi-layered there's a lot of interesting aspects to them yeah they just feel really fleshed out i think you know he's i think there's a you know i 
you know, even though he may have got his influences from other people and he must have, and he was obviously criticized for it, but, you know, you know, without Kurosawa, we wouldn't get something like Star Wars or even, you know, Clint Eastwood and, you know, Fistful of Dollars or anything like that. I mean, I mean, St- Sergio Leone should have maybe credited Kira Kurosawa because he actually did end up getting sued by him and then having to pay a bit of profit from, from, uh, from that. I think it was like $250,000 or something. Yeah, and it's it's not like there hadn't been another Western remake of Kurosawa done only a few years before. I mean, the, the, the first one of dollars is 64, isn't it? And Magnificent Seven comes out in 1960. Yeah, it was 1960, that's right. Make sure you get the rights, people. <laughs> right, I mean, it is a bit cheeky to just... I mean, and a little bit racist to assume that because a film is made in Japan, you can just remake it and get away with it. I mean, it's not... Um, that's not really cool but anyway um we're glad that he he sued and got what he wanted from got what he deserved from uh Sergio Leone. yeah uh but so re- anyway but so people should really watch this film it's fantastic yeah you should definitely watch like all of i mean is try and get as hold as uh, try and get a hold of many of like kurosawa's films as you as as you can because they are they are definitely worth watching and you know i you know i think people really owe i think anyone who like makes films has obviously seen his films and taken something away from it and been inspired by it and i think his legacy lives on in many other people's movies and i think that's that's great i think so i mean i think genuinely he's one of the few non-anglo-american directors who your sort of average film goer will have really heard of along with people like fellini sergio leone and perhaps someone like renoir or truffaut Goddard or someone like that but he's really up there in terms of you know in terms of famous directors I suppose Bergman is another example last one trio you know um for different reasons um you know you've got you've got a very it's it's a hard because it's so dominated by Hollywood it's a hard um medium to break into globally and so the fact that Kurosawa is probably as well known today as someone like Ingmar Bergman and uh, Federico Fellini is, is a serious um, testament. So, mm. um, yeah, he was a big fan of Satya Jit Ray. Yes, uh, Satya Jit Ray was uh, was an, is not as well known probably, um, but is you know, I, I'm glad I'm glad he was a fan of his because actually um, there are also similarities. Anyway, we could be writing this dissertation for a long time. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that's my. I will. That's my recommendation yeah. of the day, uh, The Hidden Fortress. You can uh, check it out on DVD or online on the Criterion channel. So uh, do check back next time to see what Adam is going to be recommending. Absolutely. All right, then. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.